So this morning I had hot coffee, as I'm prone to do. Uh, coffee maker makes it so hot that I've got to let it sit for a while before it cools off where I can actually drink it. But, but some people actually like cold coffee. I've never understood that because uh, I'm not real crazy about the taste, but I love the effect. And that you would take coffee and drink it cold? I don't know. I don't quite get that. Hot or cold. But I'll tell you this, I'll bet there's nobody here that says, me? Oh, I like lukewarm coffee. You know, if it's cold, let it sit out until all the ice melts and warms up to room temperature, or let it sit in the pot for about four hours after you finished and let it kind of cool down to lukewarm. Nobody likes lukewarm coffee. In the book of Revelation, Jesus addresses seven different churches. He calls them out because each one has features that he needs to address. He calls them out because probably almost every church on earth has some characteristics of some of these seven churches. I do not believe these are time periods or ages in church history. That was a theory that was tossed around uh, about a hundred years ago. I believe they are specific churches with a message and a little bit in each for all of us today. Revelation 3.14 is the seventh church, the church at Laodicea, a church in a community in Asia Minor. Jesus writes to the angel or the messenger of the church in Laodicea, write, these are the words of the amen, that is the final, the faithful, and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds. That you are neither hot nor cold. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you're lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. This is the word of God. Wow. I am about to spit you out of my mouth? Is there anything that you could spit out of your mouth? I was a boy. My mother had an ice cream sandwich. She was eating it. I was nine or ten. And I saw her sitting there. I said, ah, oh, oh, where's mine? She said, she'd pull the foil back, you know, like those Eskimo bars. And I took the biggest bite of a raw Philadelphia cream cheese bar you ever saw in your life. Ah! <laughs> oh, and I spit it out of my mouth. It was detestable. The word of Jesus is those who are not committed to being hot or cold may be spit from his mouth. Does that refer to salvation? It's not talking about believers. It's talking about the church. You see, God knows our works. He knows our deeds. He says it there. I know your deeds. Verse 15. I know your deeds. 
He observes us. He sees everything that's going on in our world. So he's not surprised. He, he sees our good. He sees the individual's good, the congregation's good. Did you hear what Brian had to say? There are things that are good. Don't want to lose sight of that in our lives, in the church, maybe even in the greater church beyond our walls. Our church's missions commitment is 10%. That means when you tithe, when you give a 10% of what God's blessed you with, our church has chosen almost from day one. It's in our constitution. We will always give at least a tithe. And even though, quite frankly, most Southern Baptist churches that I know have backed off that commitment everywhere, we have not. In our missions giving, through Southern Baptist work, that work alone is one of the highest in the entire state of Tennessee, whereas our size is nowhere near that size, but our commitment to giving certainly is. We give special offerings for so much. There is so much stuff behind the scenes you will never hear because it's meant to be. Classes, individuals, just quietly helping people and causes because we believe there is um, such a work that goes beyond what you see in the eyes in terms of participation, in terms of helping people through times of struggle. Our missions commitment includes a mission house. I looked up earlier and I saw the Armstrongs here today and they're the recipients of this church's historical commitment that those who share the gospel around the world, when they take their, their breaks, their stateside service, we will take care of them. In addition to our work through Southern Baptist and local causes, our church has made a commitment to India that is almost unheard of. Are you aware that there is now an orphanage in its construction phase? an entire orphanage on three acres of land that's cultivatable as a, as a way to also make some money for their finances in addition to the orphanage that we provide. We purchased all the land and some money on top of that. That there are, at last count, 21 villages in northern India with a fresh water well of safe water drilled at, at what God has given us, our dollars, that we contributed. That there are missionaries with their motorcycles or bicycles to get around and visit various village churches that they would normally not be able to do because we sent money. That there are three private tutorial schools to help the most poverty-stricken people in northern India, their children, catch up academically so they can eventually go to the public school with teachers and facility. And we provide that. We provide that. By the grace of God, we provide that. The benevolent, benevolent ministry that it was mentioned, we will never know on this side of heaven the people that had nowhere else to turn in our community and in our body 
That because of respect, we treated confidential and carefully and helped them get through their darkest days. In the name of Jesus, because he calls us to do this. God knows our works as a worshiping church who worship within these walls, a church that worships down the road. Brian, I think we figured out almost 60 years or so we've been worshiping in the park for our community, for our campers, for our neighbors as a witness. And then what we do for those in jail. We have four chaplains training another to go into the jail among the most hopeless people in Sullivan County. People that most people don't want to get their hands dirty with. It's not about being dirty. It's about grace. About teaching, experiencing God. Bible study. About evangelism. Probably 200 plus people come to Christ just from our church. Not counting the other seven churches that participate in this. God sees our good and what we shared today is the top of the iceberg. In addition to that, he sees our shortcomings. Oh yeah, don't we all have our shortcomings? Don't we all have an area, a room to grow in? He sees where we need to apply more energy, more scripture, more participation. He sees it. And it's okay that he sees it. We don't need to go, oh, no. No, of course he sees it. We've got to have the grace, the determination to say, you guide us, you show us, Lord. We're ready. You see, God sees our deeds. God also wishes us useful. There's a false theology out there that teaches that the reason people come to Christ it's because we're just so special that heaven took notice of us and Jesus died just because we're special and he loves us. The scriptures are very clear that God loves us. And he does consider us special. But they're very clear that our salvation is so that we can praise his holy name and do works that he's prepared in advance for us to do. And if you don't want to praise his name, and if you don't want to work for him, I have to seriously question whether we've encountered true salvation. Because he made it clear why. It's a joy that God's got a purpose for us. It's a joy that he is looking for worshipers in spirit and truth, and he looked our way. So God wishes us to be useful in Asia Minor, where all seven of the churches in Revelation is located, was Roman. It was Roman. Romans occupied it. Romans uh, cultivated it culturally, financially. They built an infrastructure, and when they occupied, they used their technology, which in their day was very advanced. And so we're about to learn something about Laodicea that most don't seem to know. I grew up but a lot of preachers, evangelists during revivals in particular, would turn to Revelation chapter 3 
to the seventh church and say, how many of you are on fire? I mean, you are burning the place down with fire and passion. You couldn't possibly give one more ounce to God than you give. Raise your hand. And of course, nobody raises your hand. Nobody's that arrogant. And then the evangelist would turn and say, how many of you don't care? You couldn't care less about God. You don't care about the cross. You don't care about the Bible. Nothing. You're just ice cold. How many of you are ice cold tonight? Of course, nobody's going to raise their hand. And then they say, so if you're not hot on fire, you're not ice cold, let's look what God thinks about you. (laughs) Folks, that's not what Revelation chapter 3 is about. That's a misunderstanding. Because we use words like, boy, Michael Jordan is on fire. He's en fuego. He's lighting it up. And so we use words like that to describe our passion, our sports and stuff. It's not what it's talking about. The technology of the Romans was manifested in architecture, in particular in aqueducts. An aqueduct was a raised funnel of stone designed to travel many miles and transport water. It changed the tiniest degree over many, many yards or feet. So subtle that the gravity would work and take the water from here miles and miles over there. It was amazing. It was astounding. But the Romans made a mistake in Laodicea. And probably other places. See, Laodicea had a couple of things close by. Up on the hillside, way up on a high hillside, they had mountain springs. You know, we have those around here too. Where the water is ice cold coming out of the ground. Ice cold, refreshing, invigorating. Problem was, if you took the ice cold spring water from atop the hill and transported miles and miles and miles down to Laodicea where they needed fresh water because they would have had access to salt water, not what they needed. It wasn't cold by the time it got where it needed to be. Strangely enough, not far from where the springs would be was also mineral water hot springs, mineral water coming from volcanic source down below. It was not common that a lot of places had it, but Laodicea had it. And they thought if they routed the water from the hot springs down the aqueduct, it would eventually get down and we would have the hot mineral springs water where we need it. We could either have the ice cold spring water or we could have the hot mineral springs. Problem is aqueducts are open. And they traveled great distance. So by the time hot spring water would get there, it was not hot spring water. It was lukewarm spring water. Useless for good health. And if you thought you'd have fresh well water, and y'all have done that, haven't you? Grew up on a farm. You know what well water tastes. It is ice cold, not so. Lukewarm water. When Jesus speaks and says, I wish you were hot or cold, the people of Laodicea would have understood exactly what the word was. 
The word was that y'all are useless because you're not exactly like I want you. You're not on fire. No, the word from Jesus to Laodicea that they fully would have understood was y'all are useless of having value. You could give a cup of cold water in my name and be refreshing to the thirsty, but you're not refreshing. You could be healing to the broken, the wounded, the unhealthy, the sick, but you're not. You just look warm. Oh, don't you know what lukewarm is like? You, you, you almost want to spit it out of your mouth because it's not good to drink and it's not good for health. I wish you would give a cup of cold water in my name. I wish you would provide healing for the wounded, but you don't. So God offers an invitation. Now, there's a few other issues with Laodicea. You can read that later. But for us today, many of us are useful. I look out and see your faces. I know what you do. I know how many of you help feed people. I look out at some of you, and some of you have pockets that are deeper than others, and you gladly reach inside and not flaunt it, but you give in the name of Jesus. I know how many of you have ministered to children for years and years and years. I see people in our congregation that pray, and I know you pray, and I call on you to pray because I believe in you. I never walk inside a jail that I don't have at least a half dozen of you guys praying for the Spirit of God to work in anointing. But I also know that there's some who don't. There, I said it. There are some that don't. We just sit. We just show up. And God says, I wish you were the hot springs of life. I wish you were the cold, refreshing drink to the, to the dying of thirst, spiritual person that needs a word from me. I wish you were one or the other because you are capable by the hand of God of being one or the other. So he offers an invitation. You know, it's a cruel thing to challenge people and not give them a chance. He's not a condemning. He's not throwing around judgment. He shouldn't be, have his words manipulated. No. Jesus stands at the door and knocks. Did you read that part? Further down the chapter, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you will answer and open the door, I will come in and eat with you and you can eat with me. I will fellowship with you. I will be with you, but you've got to open the door. Now, for years, I have heard, you may be thinking, what kind of preachers do you listen to? I don't know. Growing up, apparently, they needed to have taken a few classes, refreshing classes, but they would say, God, Jesus, stands at the door of your heart and knocks. It doesn't say that. They've even got a beautiful picture, a painting of Jesus standing at the door. It doesn't have a doorknob, so we stand there knocking, wanting you to open up on your side. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say to the individual, he is knocking on your door. Do you know whose door he's knocking on? It's so obvious. Listen to me. 
Who's the letter to? Laodicea. Folks, he's standing at the church door and knocking. He's standing at the church door and he's saying to Laodicea, you have forgotten who you are. You've forgotten. I need you to be healing to the broken souls of your community. But instead, you're, you're stinking lukewarm. I need you to give a cup to those who have no hope. But all you got's lukewarm. Dip your cup in the cold water of my spirit. Take the healing of my Holy Spirit and calling and distribute it to those around you. Now, some of you have been hearing this for years and you've been doing it, but some of you hadn't been doing it at all. And I look back and I see my shortcoming. When I should have been the cup of cold water, when I should have been the bubbling, healing spring more. And I hear him knocking on the door. And I'm letting him in. And I hope you're going to let him in. And I hope before long, this community will be overwhelmed. Be overwhelmed with the refreshing love of Christ and the healing power of His Spirit. Because there is this church on the corner of Colonial Heights Road and... uh, and Highway 36. And in reality, we're sitting on the corner of grace and mercy. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And I'm hoping you'll get up. You'll let him in.